This is the Simply Love Jesus podcast, where we explore life and faith through the lens of one question, which is what does it mean to simply love Jesus? My name is Caleb, and wow, I am so excited for the conversation that we get to listen to today. If this is your first time tuning in to the Simply Love Jesus podcast, first and foremost, like, wow, hello, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and joining this community. I really hope that the con- that the episodes that you listen to as you tune into this podcast, that you would feel encouraged and empowered and that you would increase a desire to know who God is as a person and that you would learn the answer to a question that changed my life, which inspired starting this podcast and a whole ministry. And that question is, what does it mean to simply love Jesus? I hope that as you listen, you get to understand more and more about what that question means and and what it means to answer that question and how I really believe Jesus wants to absolutely change your life. He wants to use you and empower you to make a difference and prepare this world for when he returns and all that is wrong in this world will be made right. I truly hope that the more you listen to this podcast, you will begin to have an increasing desire to know who God is and to and to answer that question what does it mean to simply love Jesus whether this is your first time tuning in or maybe your first time in a long time I would really encourage that you follow us on Instagram at SLJ Ministries or you can look us up on YouTube look up simply love Jesus and you can find high quality video content designed to help make the complicated issues of life simple through loving Jesus. Now, again, if this is your first time tuning in, we have a segment in this podcast called Conversations. I believe that people want to know that you care before they want to know what you care about. Let me say that again. People want to know that you care before they want to know what you care about. And so This segment called Conversations is all about showing you what that looks like. What does it mean to show people that you care before you tell them what you care about? And so I invite people with diverse backgrounds and beliefs onto this podcast, and I have a conversation with them. (laughs) I I literally meet them for the first time. I don't do a whole ton of background search. I don't. I learn as little as I can about the people that I invite onto the podcast because I want the moment that we hit to record to be the authentic experience of literally meeting this person for the first time and having that conversation. And I really believe in my hope for you, listener, my hope is that when you listen to these conversations, epi- conversation, epi- conversation episodes, yeah, When you listen to these conversation episodes, my hope is that you, listener, would have a tangible example of what it sounds like to be a person who, in your conversations with other people, you show them that you care about them before you tell them what you care about. And my hope for those who I bring onto the podcast, that they would be able to experience that for themselves, that they would have be able to walk away from our conversation believing that someone genuinely cares about them, genuinely wanted to know who they are, what they like, what they care about, what are they passionate about, that someone was genuinely interested in them and wanted to know who they are as a person. We have had so many wonderful guests so far. We had a Canadian musician. 
we have had a health coach, we have had an atheist, um, and today in this episode, we get to have Nylee Cyrus. Nylee is a transgender educator. Nylee works very passionately to inform others about the LGBT community and, and the, the hardships that they face and to educate others about, about their perspective and their lifestyle. And you'll get to hear the conversation for yourself in just a moment. But wow, I just want to say I really, really, really enjoyed my conversation with Nylee. Truly just a person of conviction and sincerity, passionate, yet very understanding and very slow to get angry, very self-controlled, very thought-provoking. Ali is truly a wonderful, wonderful person, and I absolutely just loved our conversation, and I really hope you learn a lot from it as well. If you are enjoying the Simply Love Jesus podcast, if you're feeling encouraged, empowered, if you feel like you're being challenged, you're learning a lot, I would really encourage you to become a team member of Simply Love Jesus. You can join our team by becoming what we call an encourager. Encouragers are people who join the Simply Love Jesus team by choosing to support us financially. And we specifically use the word team member because we do not view encouragers as people who just give us their money. They're people who are partnering with us, who are helping us share the message of what it is that the that what we do, they share the message that that we on the Simply Love Jesus team, the 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 question that we wish to share with the world, the conviction that we have and that being an encourager is joining that team and choosing to help share that word but primarily being part of our team by being generous and helping us take this message further, farther, and faster. And you can, you are the, 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 the means to which that happens by being someone who chooses to show the gift of generosity and helping to support us. And you, so you can do that by, by finding us on Patreon at SLJ Ministries. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes that you can check that out below. Also, I'll say this up front so I don't forget later on. Chill Hop Music is who provides most of the music you hear on this podcast. So I just want to thank them. Give them a shout out. Chill Hop. You can find them on Spotify, on YouTube, anywhere you can stream music. Awesome lo-fi hip-hop beats. And yeah, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and stop talking so you all can enjoy the episode we have for you today. Here is part one of my conversation with Nylee Cyrus. Perfect. So wait, okay, so is that the toast? Yeah. Was, that looks incredible. I, at first I thought I was, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna get to it. Like, <laughs> do I wait or do I just have monster? Is it Nylee? Nylee. Perfect. I wanna be I wanna be like as respectful as possible, so because you're transgender, correct? I am a trans so, woman. Is it so is it trans from uh you were male ma- to female. Male to female, okay. Yes. So you prefer she and you know and stuff like that. Yes. 
Uh, my pro my preferred pronouns are she, hers, okay. but I've gotten to a point where any pronoun is respectable. Okay. My yeah. pronouns are I am. That's interesting. So you said pronouns I am. That's interesting. So where so where did you come up? Like where does that like kind of come from? Because um, I've gotten to a point in my womanhood that I understand that labels helped get to get me where I was but I do understand that there's a, a heightened importance for me to label myself for people to understand and respect me. Mm -hmm. So if I tell you that I'm a woman, it gives you the agency to tell me that I'm not. Mm. Or if I tell you that I'm trans, it gives you the agency to, to have a level of respect for me. So if I just tell you my pronouns are I am, I remove that level of respect for you to see me just as a human. Hmm. That's interesting. The the only reason I ask is so in both, you know, two major like world religions like Judaism and Christianity, God introduces himself in Exodus as I am. So so it was like then I was like cuz I, I was like man, that's like potentially like offending like two major people groups at the same time. But um, hearing your explanation of it is really interesting. And so it's more about, so correct me if I'm wrong. So it's more about- There's so many confinements um, of if I say that I am a woman, well, what does mm -hmm. a woman mean? And now that gives you agency to tell me that I'm not. Hmm. So if I say my pronouns are she or hers, well, it gives you the agency to say, mm, but no, you're not, you're actually trans hmm. and that's not true. So and that gives almost you the power to not personally take like offense to it in the same way. More so, I can have an honest conversation without mm. having to defend my agency. Hmm. Like I don't have to defend my womanhood. So define agency for me, because this is the first time I'm hearing someone using oh, like agency that terminology. Is being f f full autonomy of myself and my being, and being able to take up space. Hmm. So agency is I know who I am. Hmm. I have control over myself and my emotional intellect, and I am my full power of me. So that's hmm. my agency. I am hmm. an agent of myself. That is really interesting. Hmm. So did you learn that from someone else or is that something like you've just, you kind of, you thought through and kind of developed yourself? Something that I thought through and developed That's myself. That's really cool. But then I hear other people saying it too. I was like, oh, we arrived at the same level of growth. Yeah. Hmm. That is really cool. So, so tell me what, so, you know, we'll back up for a second. Cause I was just, uh, I wanted to make sure that as I'm, as I'm jumping into this, I'm not accidentally like, mm -hmm. you know, triggering you the whole time. And you're just like, ah, I'm not someone that's easily triggered. So you can, that's go. good though. That is really good. I think all communities aside, I just think one of the a basic virtue that I feel like more people need to express is self-control and gentleness and like in general, but I just think there's so many people out there who just, regardless of what it is, like trying to recapture the the beauty of honest of honest discourse like the beauty of being able to sit down with someone and say like like we don't agree but we're gonna still like i'm still gonna love and respect you i'm gonna still like care for you and i want you to feel cared about like even my goal with this whole conversations like the segment that i have on my podcast so my podcast is called simply love jesus and it's all about exploring life and faith through the lens of one question and about sharing with the world a question that god put on my heart that changed my life and so in part, it comes out of also this desire to almost reform the church, um, not out of a um, forward, like, I guess what people would say is a forward thinking. But for me, it's more about trying to bring the church back to the way that Jesus intended for his followers to live. I'm a big history nerd. And so for me, it's like, for me, it's always about like the key to going forward is actually going back and like it's thinking in the past and seeing the past and helping realize where problems arise and stuff like that. But in my podcast, I had this conversations or the segment called conversations, which is just all about bringing diverse people in and bringing people from different backgrounds, different beliefs 
and just helping not for two the two purposes is one for the people who are listening to the podcast that so they can tell because there's so many Christians out there who've never had a conversation with someone who they disagree with. They they they're only like disagreement or their only experiences are like in high school when everyone's like easily emotional and easily, you know, people are going through hormones and they're growing in middle school, so everyone's easily, you know, irritated and stuff like that and they've never as they grow up, they've never had this experience of being able to have a conversation with someone they disagree with, learn what it means to have honest discourse and to be able to interact with someone of different worldviews. And so because of that, like for the people listening to it, it's it's helping them have a tangible example of what it means to show someone that you care about them before you tell them what you care about. And that's what I think is the number one problem in this world, at least in our country and our society, is we have so many people telling others what they care about. Like, hey, you should think this, you should think that, without actually first showing them that they care. Because the moment you show someone that you care about them, now you've you've built a relationship. And when you have relationship, you have influence. And when you have influence, people are then now willing to hear what it is that you have to say because they know you care about them. Like they want to hear, like my mom tells me, I want to listen to what my mom says. Like my mom gives me some good old Puerto Rican wisdom. I'm going to listen to what she says because she has influence over my life. One of my best friends um, used to be a youth pastor. Um, and now he uh, came out as LGBT and he has his, his boyfriend and they live together. And he's still for like the day that he like came out and came public and all all this stuff, like he was so nervous to tell me because we had been friends before. And when he told me, my first reaction was, "Okay," and he was like, "That's it." I was like, "Yeah, like all right. What do you do tomorrow?" Like, and he, but he, it was that simple. And I didn't do it in a like dismissive. It was a okay like I, like that's I'm still just like I'm not treating you any different but that mere interaction created our relationship which at first was almost like a surface level and just instantly brought it to a whole deeper level because you had all these people who he, once he came you know came out he had all of course like you have all these people in the church who just bashing them pitchforks and torches you have all these people who are trying to tell them what they care about without First, having the level of influence that he would actually listen to them. And so, so for now going back to my point was the for the listeners, it's creating the experience where they can actually hear examples of what it means to talk to someone, to, to have to show kindness and generosity and to show that you care about someone and what it means to tell people or show people that you care before you tell them what the care what you care about. And for you as the people that I bring on, like, you know, my last episode I had an atheist and it was such a beautiful conversation. Before that I had like a Canadian musician who is a Christian but has some views of uh, within uh, Christianity about life and faith that I would disagree with. So having these two different people and their experiences for the people who come on, it's about providing at least my hope in this and so far everyone's experiences so far is that providing the experience where someone who comes on they just can walk away feeling like man I just feel like that guy just cared about me I just feel like he just wanted to know who I was like that's it he just wanted to know what I thought about he just wanted to know what my ideas were he was interested in what I was passionate about and that is like my hope that everyone walks away from it just like both the listener to have an example of how they should interact with everyone in their life, but for the person who's being, you know, bringing as a guest, they feel hosted. They feel like they're a guest, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they think, that they feel like someone genuinely cares about them. And I think that's just so important for, you know, someone like me, I'm very passionate. Like I love the church. I love the church so much, but because I love the church, I'm also one of the most critical of the church. Like we are most critical of the things we care most about. 
Um, at least for me anyways, that's true. <laughs> Maybe true for you, but at least for me it is. And so I just, you know, I get so burdened by when you have a, a generation of Christians who don't know what it means to actually live the way that Jesus intended for his followers. Um, so, you know, as we kind of start and want to walk into this conversation, like first and foremost, thank you so much for just coming and sitting down with me. Like, I just think it's so cool that we connected through Clubhouse, this... Oh, excuse me. Um, that, that taco, man. Um, the it, At least in my world, that app just kind of came up out of nowhere. And I was like, what is this? This looks cool. And then now because of it, I've just been connected to so many different people. And it's like, oh, it's so cool. Um, so thank you again for jumping on here and just coming and talking. I just want to say like my intent for this this conversation is more so deeper than walking away from someone caring more so being understood because you can care about me all day long I can't do anything with that I want to feel understood I want because that's where that switch in the brain is oh I understand that now and now I can communicate you can care all day long about what I have to say and then go back to your normal ways of being isn't it truly caring about someone like truly feeling care about, cared about is knowing that you feel understood. I think it's interchangeable, but yeah. not exclusively. Not exclusively. They kind of overlap in some ways, but in yeah. Ways, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But more so, I would want to walk away with people, a mass majority of feeling like, oh, I understand now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So what is it if you were to, I mean, obviously there's going to be tons of things, but what is just like when you think about you want someone to understand what is that one thing you want them to understand um specifically regarding the trans experience i need you to understand that whatever you believe in that's what you believe in and i'm not i've never asked for your acceptance i've never asked for your tolerance Mm. and at a minimum i've asked for your respect Mm. but for the most part I am still here, I still exist, I am still human. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest piece that people undervalue is that I still show up, I'm still taking taking up space Mm -hmm. and you have this being, he created the heaven and the earth, but then he also created the caterpillar and the butterfly. Mm -hmm. I am still rightfully to that same homage as well. So Mm -hmm. I am still made in his image, I am still a masterpiece. Um, I always use that example when people say, um, well, why don't you just be what God made you to be? And I'm, mm. this is exactly what he made me to be. Mm. Again, he's, he made, he created the caterpillar. He also made the butterfly and those are both made in his image. Mm. I am as well. There's no other being that could push this amount of feeling and emotion into me. And I have not arrived to this case, to this place of where I am. That would have been a disservice to him mm. if I have not become who he's made to be. Yeah. That is really interesting. So tell me about, tell me about like your journey and where, like, just tell me a little bit about your life, like your journey, like what kind of led you to like your decision and your desire to, to like in your, in your opinion, like really to become who you feel like you are. Like, tell me about that journey. Lots of therapy. Lots of therapy. (laughs) Lots of therapy. So I have two therapists currently. Um, So the trans experience, my, for me, change is constant. So 
for like you, for the common person, change is something that's based on consequence or by choice. Yeah. For me, because I'm transitioning, change is a constant thing. It's ever evolving. Yeah. Um, so as I started to do the shadow work and start to hone in on my internal validation, because validation starts from within, yeah. once I started to unpack that and uncover my own biases and my own learnings that I had to unlearn, um, and with the assistance of licensed therapists, I've learned to find more of who my core is and who Nile is yeah. as a person. How do I show up? What does that look like? What does I am mean? Um, and as I started to develop more of my self-entitlement, my agency, yeah. um, I started to stand firm in my truth, stand firm, flat-footed and planted in the things that I stand for and advocate for. So yeah. the more that I've gotten more into me, the more I speak louder for other people. Mm. So how long has this journey been for you so far? Um, with this amount of visibility, two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, being a black trans woman and the disparities that plague us um, and the harm that is caused and I mean the enormous amount of murders that impact our community stealth and being able to blend in with cis cisgender communities is um, a privilege I'm able to blend into the world for survival or in safety so mm. if I came to this restaurant if no one knew that I was transgender that's a privilege that I have and that's safe for me so now that I'm out open and I'm speaking on my visibility and I'm speaking on my trans issues on public stands for I'm going against that safety that I've deemed for myself yeah um, more and more I do it the more and more I get comfort in doing so at in the beginning it was a culture shock like ooh, they know that I'm trans now mm. and and the stares that I get is it because I'm trans or is it because I'm beautiful or is it because I'm black or is it because I'm tall or is it because I'm exotic those are the things that go through my mind now that I'm visible, um, as opposed to just, oh, I like her shoes. Yeah, well, that just, I mean, that just sounds so stressful to have all of those things now, like, firing through your mind, and you're trying to think, well, it, it, am I creating shock for them? Why am I creating shock? Like, that just sounds like anxiety waiting to happen. Like, that's, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, so help me understand a couple things. So uh, some a couple things you said. Well, first, even for my listeners, because I'm, I'm, I got still got a full grasp of my entire demographic, but I'm assuming uh, most of my demographic is probably from a more conservative Christian background. Um, so define so cisgender. If I understand it correct, cis, cisgender is well, I guess what we would just refer to as like straight. Is that no. Okay. So gender uh, and s sexual orientation are two different things. Okay. So cis cisgender means that this is you were assigned what you were assigned at birth. You agreed with. Okay. So I am transgender because I was assigned male at birth and I didn't agree with it. So I'm transgender. So since you were assigned male at birth okay. and that coincided with what you felt in the inside, okay. you were cisgender. Okay. I am transgender because I did not feel that I was male at birth. And so I am transgender. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. And then what was the second thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I remember. So is for you in a in a perfect world in like an ideal world is it the des is it the desire for someone to see you and just embrace and accept that you are a woman or is it the desire for someone to embrace that you are transgender and it like the whole spectrum of like I am a transgender who 
believe this and now I am this. Like, so what is that perfect kind of scenario for you? Because you're explaining it earlier. You're saying, like, you know, I walk into a place and once they find out I'm transgender, now all these questions are firing through. So I guess my, my question is, like, so what is the what is the pursuit? Is it the desire for someone to see you and fully embrace you as you identify as now? Or is it to embrace the entire journey is it, you know? on a micro level embrace me that i'm a trans woman of color okay on a macro level you will understand that trans women are women so that i don't have to profess to pronounce that i am a trans woman you will already understand that trans women are women and if we talk about things that impact womanhood transgender is already included hmm. but on a micro level I have to, you need to embrace that I am a trans woman and to see me, see the humanity in me. Yeah. On a macro level, I need you to understand that trans women are women and that I don't have to specify what type of woman I am. Am I a woman of Asian descent or I'm a trans woman or whatever yeah. I have to label, again, back to those labels, um, that you understand it and are able to grasp that trans people are people. Yeah. We don't need the denominations of it. Yeah. So the end goal, yes, embrace me as a woman. Yeah. But first I have to understand that trans women are women. Yeah. Okay, that's in, that's really interesting. And then to add another layer to it, also being black, like Correct. adds a whole nother layer of oppression and a whole nother layer of suffering and endurance. And like, it's like they become Two, they become like two categories that are now very like now overlap and create a whole nother layer. It's actually and three. Throw oh, three layers. So yeah. my intersectionalities meet because I am black. So mm -hmm. that set of oppression. I am trans. Those sets of oppression, and then I am a woman. So as I transitioned, I lost all of my privileges because the privileges that I had as I presented as a male. I now lost because I am a woman. So if you understand how that impacts women in our career, as a, in our relationships, voting rights, all of those things, that still applies to me. So my intersectionalities meet. I am oppressed because I'm black, I'm oppressed yeah. because I'm trans, and I'm oppressed because I'm a woman. Yeah. So I've lost any of the privileges that I had. Mm -hmm. And the privileges that I do in certain, certain settings, I take advantage of it. So mm -hmm. when I am in a room and I am the majority, I use that mo that that platform to speak because this is the time to do so yeah. like right now I have the privilege to to shine light on topics that you probably wouldn't have had proximity to yeah so that's the privilege that I have and me being cis passing I can have a lot more conversations where people that are like-minded in a sense mm. and I can uncover those conscious biases yeah that's really cool um, when it comes to even like your preferences do you are you um, do you prefer like dating women or do you prefer dating men or um, what is I that for you? identify as heterosexual okay. so I am a trans woman that is heterosexual so for your listeners gender identity and sexual orientation are two separate things yeah. I can be transgender I can be lesbian bisexual heterosexual homosexual mm -hmm. queer I can be any of those things so to better explain it sexual orientation is who I go to bed with my gender identity is who I go to bed as I go to bed hmm. as a woman who is interested in men. So that's I am really, a that's a interesting heterosexual. I'm a, I'm a, I'm really big on wordsmithing, so I like the, like the, like how you did that. <laughs> that was like, ooh, that was catchy. Like, I'm a trans educator, <laughs> so I got to understand like my audience and how they can grasp the information. Because we can talk yeah. 
semantics all day long, but yeah. what are you going to grasp and hold yeah. on to? Well, in a great book, and it's just, you know, it's definitely going to be a, a different worldview because it's written by a pastor. His name Andy Stanley. But a great book, I just encourage this to anyone, regardless of their beliefs, is uh, Communicating for a Change. Mm-hmm. So this is, in my opinion, the greatest book on public speaking. So I would just like I would encourage that book, and mainly because it has a, it's really about just create. It's a very practical book, which is why I also like it, and I recommend it to a lot of people because it's very practical. He's like one of the greatest communicators in the world, and just he he's all about two. Like his big thing is one point messages. So it's always like you know people are gonna forget ninety percent of what you say after 10 minutes of hearing you say it. So what's that 10% you want them to leave with? So he's all about what's that one sentence they're going to walk away with. And it's just a, so anyway, if you ever are looking for like another book on like how to, you know, public speaking, because I, you know, as a public speaker, I have a speaker and an author and, you know, I travel and stuff like that. So I'm, for me, it's like, that's a whole art. So I love just like reading about like how to be a better speaker and. Anyway, sorry, I just got random. <laughs> uh, what are some, uh, well, I want to go back just to like learn a little bit more just about like some of the things you're interested in. Like what are some of uh, your favorite things? Like TV shows, are you like, do you like movies? Do you like, like what, what do you do for fun? I thoroughly enjoy movies. I love creative art. I love spoken word. Mm. I love travel, traveling. I love um, solitude. Mm. Um, I'm an adrenaline drunkie, so I love <laughs> like doing things outdoors that push my limits. Yeah. Um, conquering fears, and mm, I used to be a reader, but now I've gotten to a point where I haven't had time to sit still to read. Um, but yeah, and as far as movies, I like. I'm a romantic, so I love a good love story. Yeah. I love horror and I love comedy. A little bit of sci-fi. Um, I like anything that pushes the needle with my intellect that challenges my mental capacity. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm a big, big movie, big TV show person. I'm a big nerd. Like I'm a super nerd, self-proclaimed super nerd. Like, and I am embraced that. Um, I've been watching uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier recently, which is on Disney Plus. And uh, my dad used to work for Disney, so I'm like very like I'm a indoctrinated in Disney ways. <laughs> but the Falcon Winter Soldier show is so good right now, and I've just been nerding out about that. Um, but that's so. What is like? What's some of your favorite movies? My all-time favorite is Love and Basketball, Brown Sugar, Wicker Park, um, and About Last Night. Those four are okay. my top favorites. That's really cool. So, oh, and you know, before I forget, just because they're also here, I want to like highlight them as well. So we have also two amazing people here with us. One is a videographer, and one you do photography. Director. Oh, director, even cooler. Yeah. So, uh, what are y'all's names again? Uh, Rihanna. Rihanna and Logan. So we got Logan, who's a videographer, and Rihanna, who's a director. I just wanted to give y'all a shout out because, and I just think y'all y'all are present, so you're included in the conversation. It's great. Tell me a little bit about. Because you said you've been on this journey publicly for two years now, right? So tell me, what was high school like for you? Um, awkward. Awkward. Um, I was an intellect, so I used 
my mental capacity as things to get people off me. So I never fought. So I wasn't confrontational, but I moved around a lot. So my parents were, they weren't together. I lived with my mom. So being a single parent and with two children, we were always in survival mode. So we moved around a lot. So I was always the new student. So being the new student, um, learning about your identity and your sexuality and questioning in that and then just being in high school period yeah. like that whatever just comes with that so i had to well learning to me was easy and like i was always in advanced placement classes so i used what were some that. of your favorite subjects math and science i'm very analytical I hate math and science. Oh. <laughs> I was good at everything that like didn't matter according to the government. Mm. Like I was good at like art and literature oh. and like things that we'll never grade on in SAT scores. Mm. But, um, I, well, reading comprehension, like I did, yeah. I loved language arts too, but my strengths were math and science. That's cool. Were you beginning to discover more of yourself and how you are today back in high school? Or is that something that came later? I came later. I questioned it all throughout school, but I didn't have the language for it. I grew up in, I mean, I, I was born in the 80s late 80s so we didn't have social media we didn't have TV shows I think the only thing that we had at that time was Jerry Springer when they had like the trans person came on and they're fighting or on Ricky Lake when the trans person was on there but for the most part I didn't know what that was until I graduated it was my fresh freshman year of college was when I really saw the community and what it was where'd you go uh, to college at Georgia State. Oh, cool. Georgia State University. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so when I went to Georgia State, and I was like, oh, well, this is what this is. And then I had the autonomy to go to gay clubs and actually see it. And then I was exposed to the ballroom scene. And I was like, oh, I'm transgender. I get it. And then that's when I started my transition. That's really interesting. So was it, what was that? What was that moment for you? Was it like a conversation with someone or was it what, just what, observing people? What was it was it? observing. So I went to this club. It was Atlanta Live at the time. And it was a performer. She came up on stage and she performed. And beautiful woman, her name is Raquel Lord. Um, and I just watched, I was in awe. And then someone told me, well, you know, she's trans. And I was like, wow. And that was when I was like, okay, well that is what I resonate with. Not drag not um, just extremely feminine or not just gay. To me, I, I felt like a woman, I just didn't have that language. And when I saw that that was the possibility, that was an option, I adapted to it. Did you ever connect with that person afterwards? Absolutely. That's really cool, yeah. Still to this day. Oh, that's so awesome, really. That is, tell me about that. Like, what is y'all's relationship? So right like? now she performs at Traffic on Sundays. Okay, what's Traffic? Traffic is a club. It's more of like a, a gay club where they have performers and then you can do brunch and it opens up to a club at night. So every time I see her, I, I give her praise. And I posted her on my Instagram recently. That's really cool. I just think, so I just think that's so cool because not often, ironically, and I very ironically, um, church culture is it's very exclusive. Um, in terms of the people we're inspired by. So you have, it's very common for people that are, you know, more celebrities within church culture are very unapproachable. Um, and, and I think it's very ironic and unfortunate because, you know, Jesus, who I model my entire life after and is, was the most approachable person on the, and that was his goal was that Christians would be the most approachable just the most generous, the kindest, and the 
just the most like passionate people about about serving the brokenhearted and caring for the oppressed and yet there so it's so funny like you know to have a moment where in your in your eyes you met your hero you know, like I'll, I'll never, I'll probably never get to meet the guys that inspired me to become who I am today, except for like my youth pastor who discipled me. But that's because I, you know, I did, I, I did life with him. But the other people who, ins- the people who inspired me to like want to be a speaker or to be a, when I wanted to be a musician, like I'll never be able to meet those people. And so I, I think it's just so cool that like you had a moment where that person inspired you and you met that person. I just like, I just think that's cool. That's like, that's some of those things that really sealed the deal that like. And for me, that's the importance of my visibility and my representation that I don't become too Hollywood where I'm still a tangible thing. Yeah. So that for those people that are still finding their voice or strengthening their voice, I am someone that you can reach out and have conversation with and have community with. So for me, no matter how big I get, I still want to be someone that's attainable and reachable to have these intimate conversations. Yeah. What is... What is one random, all right, so this one, so I'm gonna ask one more like surface level question then I wanna kinda get more like nitty gritty. Um, so uh, what is one random fact or something about you that you think would surprise most people? At least the people that know you, like the people who may be friends with you but don't maybe know you on a deeper level, but just people who may know you, like what's something that, they would, that would surprise them to learn about you? That I'm extremely submissive. Oh, really? Yeah, because I have a strong, dominant, masculine energy. Yeah, like even when we were on the clubhouse, like you have a very, it's, it's not, a, I, don't, I wouldn't even say you have a very dominating personality. You just have a very, uh, you have a, you have a presence about you that's very commanding. And I think there's a difference between like commanding and dominating. Like for you, it's a very, you don't try, you don't force yourself. And yet the moment you speak, people are like, oh, okay, like, what's, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what's up. Like, so mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah. And so especially when it comes to intimacy, intimacy mm. I'm the complete opposite. Mm. And that shocks everyone when I tell them that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> it's duality. I yeah. have both. Yeah.